Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another Thursday night for the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I'm your host, Bob Long of FSConsistency.com and the Fantasy Sports Warehouse. Uh, welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, uh, brought to you by the boys at Asylum Fantasy Sports, Flieger and Briggs. They will be here uh, every night of the week, and um, somebody's here every night. We have Sports Rants on Monday night with Chris Heal. We have, of course, Flieger and Briggs on Tuesday night with the Asylum Sports Show. My show's on Thursday, Racing Times on Friday with Alan and Robin. Uh, Saturday, the Dynasty Dudes, Russell Clay and Nathan Power here. And then Sunday night, the man, the legend, Nick Friccarelli, uh, the mad scientist. And uh, right now, we're going to bring on uh, my guest tonight. And his name is Jake Seeley. Jake. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, I'm doing good. I think you got this whole little snazzy new interface over here. I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I, I guess when you pay for this on a monthly basis, like the guys at Asylum do, I think you get some uh, little snazzier things, but uh, I, I don't mess with them too much because I it just <laughs> screws me up more than anything. So, uh, but uh, just for tell those you what of to you who are out there, and, and you do it. What's that? So they just tell you what to do and where to go, and you just do it. Yeah, well, I'm running my own show, so I'm kind of telling myself what to do, which is basically <laughs> just talk sports and not screw with all the bells and whistles. And uh, I think people appreciate that more anyway. But, uh, uh, Jake, thanks for coming on. For those of you out there who have no idea who G- Jake Seeley is, you must live in a some kind of cave somewhere because he is uh, a legend out there in the fantasy world. He's at Roto Experts. Uh, he created the Fantasy League of Experts, which I'm proud to be a part of. And uh, Jake, uh, why don't you give everybody Twitter handles, all where you're at, what you're doing, uh, anything else I missed out on? Oh, I appreciate the uh, intro there. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I call myself a legend yet, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Maybe, well, we're all guess, legends in our own mind, so that's all that matters. Well, that that is that part is definitely true. But find <laughs> <laughs> uh, me on Twitter at AllInKid, all one word. Uh, obviously, it comes from a poker background. You can follow me. Uh, my work at rotoexperts.com, uh, over at fantasysportsnetwork.com for videos and such and stuff like that. I do occasional things for fantasy pros, occasionally stuff for Daily Roto, Sports Grid. Uh, you can hear me on podcasts like yours and other people. Basically, it, you, you kind of get the picture. Is uh, I'm everywhere. If you're going to throw a rock, you'll probably hit me. That's why you're a legend, my friend. Um, you also, <laughs> I know, do some uh, stuff with Roto Experts in the morning on uh, – Serious fantasy sports radio because you've had me on occasionally, um, yeah. and hopefully we'll be on again soon. Maybe next time you're uh, hosting, you can get me on there. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll make this one of these. See, that's when I have more control over it. Uh, that that definitely helps. <laughs> I thought you and Corey ran the whole thing there. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> Jake. I know you only have 30 minutes, so I thought we would focus uh, on our fantasy league of experts. Why don't you tell folks kind of what it is, why you created it. Um, I know there's two leagues. There's one, I think, in Washington and one was done in New York. Um, and then we'll kind of talk about our league and the fact that we're playing each other this week and uh, the importance and how our teams have done and uh, guys we like, guys we don't like. Yeah, actually, it's three leagues. Uh, there's a oh. yeah, standard PPR. We've we drafted both of those in D.C. and went to a Nationals game that was live. And then we had the one, as you talked about, Monmouth, New Jersey, outside of New York. Uh, that was the half-point DPR league, the 14-team league, a little bit bigger. Uh, okay. But basically, it's just what you kind of talk about as fantasy league of experts. is kind of a, you know, everybody's got their hometown leagues, which seems to be their favorites and stuff like that. Well, this is a 
this is the whole goal a couple of years ago. It started three, over three years ago now with right. Jimmy Eisenberg and David Ganos was trying to get leagues where it's the experts are the experts. And, you know, we all can get together at, before the season starts because the big thing is just kind of rubbing shoulders and picking each other's minds and just having right. fun hanging out together and really just kind of being a league of almost like your home league for experts. That's really what we were kind of going for is just to have fun and, you know, get all of each other together. So it's really nice that we're actually to have nice live drafts this year. And just right. get, no, it's cool. really starting to get moving along here, which is nice. Well, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you kind of create, now that you kind of came up with this idea because the, this was kind of the football version of the Tout Wars. And if you play fantasy baseball, that is the fantasy league of experts in baseball. It's called the Tout Wars. Uh, again, they do different leagues. Uh, but this is kind of the football version of that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, that's what we were aiming for because that's, that was, like I said, when we started a couple of years ago, it was the whole point of if we're doing this for baseball and it's been going for, I don't even know, 15, 20 years now. Oh, yeah, a long doing, time. Yeah, we're doing this every single year. Why is nobody doing it for football? And I actually I said that probably like about five or six years ago when I first came on to Roto Experts. It's like, why is nobody doing this? And everybody was just like, man, I don't know. So after <laughs> about two years of asking the question over and over again, it's like, that's what kind of got us and I had the original conversation. We're just like, screw it. Why don't we just do it? If nobody else is going to, well, let's, let's right. get it going. Right. Um, and you guys both with your Roto Experts connection and Sirius Radio and David, obviously a uh, longtime CBS sports uh, fantasy guy now at uh, so-called fantasy experts uh, and a good friend as well. Um, great idea. Again, honored to be a part of it. So as we look at the league, we had a 14 team draft, half point PPR, uh, standard lineups, basically. Um, but obviously when you're that deep a league, um, it, you know, you're going to take chances. You're going to take some flyers. Uh, the guys at the top of the league right now, as we stand, Mike Florio and Frank Stampful, uh, I pronounced that proper, if I got that right, they're eight and one. Uh, these guys have been pretty much riding the Devonte Freeman express to the top of the <laughs> charts, if I'm not mistaken. Now that they don't have a good team, Phillip Rivers, AJ Green, uh, Latavius Murray. Um, but let's be honest, Devontae Freeman got him eight and one. <laughs> oh yeah. If it wasn't for Devontae Freeman, maybe hey, you talk about Latavius Murray, but it's Doug Martin, Latavius Murray. And then that's, I mean, they have Hillman who at this point yeah. is starting to fall back behind CJ Anderson again. And their receivers are actually kind of hurting with AJ Green, Calvin Johnson. Devontae Abs is their number three right now. And the mm-hmm. tight ends are decent, but yeah, you, you throw Devontae Freeman in there and, that changes a whole lot of things when you especially get, the Devontae Freeman of this year. Devontae Freeman of last year, he may not even be anywhere near the playoffs. But uh, yeah. but hey, great pick on his behalf, and it certainly got him where he needs to be. Uh, it tied at seven and two in second place. Mike Clay, uh, Pro Football Focus, Ryan Fowler, Fox Sports. Um, I know Mike has been struggling with injuries all season. Uh, he's his team is a shell of what it was at the beginning of the year. But this is Mike Clay. This boy knows how to play fantasy sports. He's one of the best out there. Uh, has gotten guys like Derek Carr, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Ted Ginn, Allen Robinson, Willie Sneed, Jordan Reed. All these guys have been guys that weren't probably drafted high if drafted at all. He's grabbed them up and uh, led his team to a 7-2 and two record. So uh, i got to say hats off to that guy. 
Uh, yeah, no, I look at his team and I'm still like, how the heck is he seven and two? <laughs> it's just one of those ones. And it's not even, you know, a lot of times you say like, oh, well, they're getting lucky in matchups because, you know, you can look at the overall standings and actually uh, when we get to the six and three teams, Pat Thorman, who's tied with you, has almost as many points as Mike Clay. But the point being is Mike Clay, he's still scoring plenty. So it's not just yeah, the fact yeah, that. It's not, yeah, it's not like he's winning 70 to 68 um, like um, somebody did this week. <laughs> I think oh, it was yeah, actually by Florio's team. <laughs> um, Ryan yeah. Fowler's solid team. Uh, Chris Ivory, Chris Johnson. Uh, Chris Johnson obviously came out of nowhere. Chris Ivory's been very solid. Tom Brady's been a stud. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, very consistent. Uh, Tyler Eifert has been a god. Uh, so, again, solid team top to bottom. Nothing fantastic other than maybe Brady. Um, everybody else just very consistent, a very good team from top to bottom. Yeah, except he, he had Le'Veon Bell and then lost, and that's the biggest thing there is. But right. fortunately enough for him, he's got Jeremy Langford for a few weeks until Forte comes back. But once Langford is done, he's going to be a little thin. Uh, mostly he's going to be riding Tom Brady and the Emmanuel Sanders train, hopefully the rest of the way for him. Right, right. Well, as you talked about, the six and three teams, we have Pat Thorman, uh, who's six and three. Uh, uh, Lamar Miller has been coming on well for him lately. LeGarrette Blunt, um, solid. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has had a banner year this year, kind of back to a few years ago. Um, Eli Manning is quarterback. I'm not sure his starters. I'm just looking at his lineups for this week. Um, but a, a good team. Um, if I would have made a good decision last week, not or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, he'd be six and three, and I'd be seven and two. But I did something really stupid. And so I'm sitting at six and three. My team has been solid, um, winning games, not scoring a lot. In fact, you've scored more points than I have. Um, so I'm sure you're sure you've got to talk about that here in a minute. Um, uh, I've, I've scored more, forget you, just you. I've scored more than Fowler, and he's seven and two. Exactly. So two weeks ago, here's my mistake that I would be seven and two instead of six and three. Um, I had been riding Carson. Uh, to my six and two record or five and two record at the time. Um, and Palmer was going against the Browns in Cleveland and Peyton Manning was going against Green Bay on TV on a Thursday or Monday night. I forget which game that was. And uh, everything I talk about consistency, 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 Carson Palmer has been a perfect seven for six for six at that point, And I benched him and put in Peyton because I thought Peyton would really have a huge game against Aaron Rodgers on, on, on TV on, on a weeknight. And he had 340 yards passing, but zero touchdowns, while our good friend Carson Palmer threw four touchdowns against the Browns, and I lost to Pat by, like, I think it was, like, nine points. I would have won by ten. So, but we're, we're the actually that's the thing is you should be kicking yourself because we're the experts that always say that you know you go through consistency you go with your stars you go with right. everything and then you you overthought it man I know and I sat there I was I've been I'm still angry about it in fact if I miss the playoffs I'm gonna be even more angry um, but I was so mad because I'm sitting there going you dummy and and here is my here is my reasoning my reasoning was the Browns run defenses horrible and my thought was is that Arizona would come in with Chris Johnson David Johnson Andre Ellington run the ball all over the Browns get a big lead Carson Palmer wouldn't have to throw the ball 
Well, for some ungodly reason, the Browns started scoring points against these guys and forced Palmer to throw the ball and ended up with four passing touchdowns. And, you know, and so that was my reasoning. That was my rationale. And so, yes, experts can be wrong. And I was. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, so let's talk about your team. You're five and four. Um, you're playing me this week. Obviously, this is a huge game for both of us. You win. You're tied with me. Uh, you know, you're in the playoffs at this point. If the season ended today, we'd be in the top six. Um, you know, your team, fantastic. The best quarterback in the league right now, Andy Dalton, which I assume you picked up off the waiver wires because I remember how the draft went for you <laughs> quarterback wise. So good for you on that one. Uh, Justin yeah, Forsett, Mark Ingram, both have been very solid this year. No, 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 no. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't, you can't skip past that because I want to go. I want to talk about the quarterback because I want to talk about that. It's all your guys' fault that I actually have Andy Dalton, and you guys can blame yourselves because exactly. we're in the middle. Yeah, we're in the middle of the draft, and I'm sitting there like, you know what? There's three quarterbacks on the board. Everybody's got one. The one team had two who drafted Tom Brady. Like, you know what? I've got time. I'll sit back. I'll take us. It was like that. Stafford range. I don't even remember who it was. It was like Stafford. Yeah. It was like like, uh, Stafford, Tannehill, and I think I took Palmer because that's how I got Palmer. I took Palmer. I would would have loved to have Palmer, but any of those three was going to get back to you, and we snagged them all. And lucky lucky for you, you get Andy Dalton. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you left me with Colin Kaepernick, but I dropped him real quick after week one. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So yeah, so it all backfired on us. We if I would have just been smart and taken Andy took Andy Dalton, if I'd been smart I would have drafted Palmer and Dalton and left Peyton Manning out of the seventh round when I did it. So. <laughs> but I gotta yeah. start him this week because I just can't start Palmer at Seattle. Just can't do it. No, I understand that. I actually have but I I'm with you Peyton, I have Peyton, Peyton Manning against, right. at home against Kansas City. Yeah, I have them actually ranked one spot ahead. They're close, but I'm I'm yeah, they're Peyton close, Manning yeah. between the two. Yeah. So, pick up Shavish. You you picked up uh, Charkandrick uh, West, who went. He's basically taking um, Jamal Charles' spot. Great call there. Good pick up there. Alan Hearns has been damn close to perfect consistency wise. Edelman's damn close to perfect. Um, I, I'm just again looking at your starters. Pierre Garcon in there uh, playing against uh, New Orleans this week, right? So that's why you got him in there this week. Yeah, my third receiver, I, I could probably – I might have to start looking to try to make a trade because my third receiver choices are Pierre Garçon, James Jones, and Kendall Wright. None of them are really uh, earth-shattering excitement there. Yeah, but all of them have been – have had your good weeks. I mean, James Jones started off like wildfire. He's cooled off a little bit since then, but uh, still, when you're playing for the Packers. Um, this week, I actually made two pickups because I was losing Danny Woodhead to a bye. My other, one, my other running backs were terrible. Um, but I, I spent big name because I, I just needed to have a, a better number two back. Um, and I also picked up Devin Funches from Carolina who had a really good week last week. Um, a lot of good things I'm hearing about this kid now looked a lot more confident. Um, again, I either had to start get, get somebody or start Marquise Colston who had a good week two weeks ago, but that was his only good week of the year. So I wanted to at least improve, uh, my depth a little bit. Um, and, and by getting that in there, and I'm actually benching Jason Witten this week. Um, so I'm only going with one tight end, and that's Gary Barnage. Uh, the Browns are playing the Steelers. They're going to be behind, which means they're going to be throwing to Barnage a lot. So that's where I'm going with that uh, concept there. 
Yeah, which I, I you know, I look at you like you ha- you definitely had to make the move at running back. I'm just kind of hoping that you got screwed by the Bill Belichick of messing with everybody's minds. And hopefully James <laughs> White doesn't do anything at all. That, that's what I'm kind of hoping for there. But um, I'm, I, I'm with you. I, at this point, I wouldn't find very many games where I'd start witting over Barnage at this point. I don't understand why so many people are so reluctant to get on board with Barnage. I think it's just the Cleveland mystique. Yeah. Oh, no, he sat there for a couple of weeks in our league open, and I'm like, do I pick him up? He's a brown. Yeah, it's been two weeks, but is he really going to be that good? And I finally did, and he's and he's actually helped me out quite a bit for the last few weeks. Last week was a down week for him, but um, you know so they had Johnny in there, and it was just a mess. So yeah, so yeah, it should be a good matchup. I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any uh, projected numbers, I, but I got to think this is going to be a pretty close matchup between us, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. But uh, oh, yeah, I you, know get, you uh, get the, the little game lines on the side. They give you the head to head. They like uh, they do the similar to um, like oh, Vegas odds. Yeah, they got. Uh, I'm a 21.7 point favorite right now. You're a favorite by 21 points. Yeah, actually the biggest okay. favorite of the week, which which means I'm gonna lose. That's if you're <laughs> Is the that biggest, how that works? Yeah, you're the biggest favorite. It just never seems to work out that way. <laughs> well, like I said, I I was looking at my team and I'm like, your your team's so solid. I'm like, I've got to have more potential for points. And like I said, Marquise Colston that weeks ago was such a fluke. And I'm like, I just don't know. And, um, but, uh, you know, I thought about getting him now watch, you know, again, it may be a dumb move, but he just, he hasn't had any consistency to me to prove anything. Amendola is one of those guys that can, you know, he's usually solid for seven to 10 points. He won't get 20 and he won't get too, too often. Um, so that's kind of where I went there and, uh, yeah, there's just not much when it comes to running backs on the waiver wire. And, um, at this point, you know, pulling trades, unless they're a blatantly obvious, even match, it's kind of tough to do that in our league. <laughs> it's extremely tough. Hey, you know, and that's the thing is it's not only like tough to trade in expert leagues to begin with, because, you know, it's similar. Actually, it's kind of just tough to trade in general nowadays because everybody has so much knowledge that nobody wants to be the, I sold low and I got screwed and two weeks later, the right. guy's doing great. Nobody wants to be the person that got bit anymore. So I, was, I actually talked about that a couple of weeks in a column is like, now is the time where it's almost, you have to think the opposite and buy perceived high. If you really like, right. you know, a perfect example is, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, I don't know if you ever saw, but after his first game, I, I started the Todd Gurley trade line. And I was like, this is basically who I wouldn't, trade for Todd Gurley straight up. And it was only 16 right. people to start with because I'm a huge Todd Gurley fan. But at right. the time you look at those 16 guys, you even look at the couple of guys behind them and you say, wow, that's a lot to give up to Todd, Todd Gurley in week four. But right. like I said, it's at the point where if you believe in somebody, even though it seems sure. like maybe buying high, that's the only way to really get trades done nowadays. You almost have to overpay a little bit to get anything moved. And it's kind of stinks. Right. It's frustrating. Cause I like, I love making trades and nobody seems to want to trade anymore. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, um, the only league that I do quite a bit of trading is, is my local keeper league because it's salary capped. So we cut off the trade deadline going into week 12 um, because we our um, regular season goes through week 14 or I'm sorry, it's after week 11, basically. So going into week 12. So the last three weeks are against your, your division player, your division teams. Um, and so that's the time when 
you trade your $71 Adrian Peterson because you're two and seven or, you know, or four and four and uh, seven um, to get a Todd Gurley for 30 bucks for next year. Um, and so that it, it works out pretty well now. Like right now I'm going after Adrian Peterson from the guy who's probably not going to make the playoffs. And, and I'm, I really one more win and I'll have a lock, but um, you know, again, he's paid $71 for Adrian Peterson. Uh, he's not going to keep him for next year because we, you have to give each player a 50% raise. So he goes to like $105 in a $200 league. So he'll be way overpriced. So, you know, so I'm offering some cheaper, younger players, you know, that he can keep for next year. And, you know, so those kind of things work out well because the logic's there. You know, I'm I'm done. I don't care. I'm playing for next year. But, yeah, when you're in a league where, you know, um, there's nothing to play for next year, somebody does a screwy trade. Well, now you're talking about collusion and people are screaming. Well, how can you give that up? And, you know, you're just screwing him over. He's dead last. And, you know, and and that stuff is obviously wrong. You don't want that to happen in any league. But, you know, it, it does. And you just got to be careful. <laughs> Well, you also get people, and I talked about this too, is you just sometimes have to bite the bullet and accept where you're at. And, you know, nobody wants, you know, we all know, and all the knowledgeable people know that anytime you see a trade where it's not one for one or two for two, usually the person giving up less players or giving up more talent because that's, you know, that's how you try to balance it. You're giving up two right, studs. Right. I'm giving you one stud and two decent players. And nobody ever wants to be on the side where you're getting the more players, but at the same time, you know, the example I used a couple of weeks ago is you look at some teams where his roster was like Antonio Brown and then his other three wide receivers were like Nelson Aguilar, Marcus Wheaton, and right. Marcus Colts, or, you know, something right. like that. And it's just like, okay, I understand you don't want to give up Antonio Brown. Look, I wouldn't want right. to give up Antonio Brown. But at the same time, when those are your other three starting receivers, you got to do right. the math. You know, you right. got to understand the situation you're in. You have a bad year. It's better to trade Antonio Brown and get back, you know, maybe a Sammy Watkins and, you know, I don't know, uh, a Jarvis Landry for Antonio Brown versus a starting Antonio Brown and three garbage players. Right, right. Well, the other thing is, too, is when there's a, another even way to do things, if there's um, you have a lot of depth at one position, but you're weak in the other. In fact, one guy just texted me about a trade and um his running, his wide receivers are Antonio Brown, and then um, I think it's like John Brown, and and um, I forget who the other one is. I want to say um, um, Marvin Jones or, or somebody like that. Allen Robinson, not a not a bad second, but still not great. Um, but he has Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Matt Forte, uh, and um, John Jonathan Stewart as his four running backs. And you can only start two running backs. There's no flex. So I told him, right. So I told him, so he's, so he, I, he asked me about, I told him to do this trade, give up Forte and Jonathan Stewart for Des Bryant. And like, I don't know who the other, it's some other stiff. So basically it's Des Bryant for those two guys. Cause the other guy didn't have any running backs worth the crap. Now Forte is going to be back in a week or two. Um, and the other guy, um, was going to get Jonathan Stewart as well. So, you know, he was at least getting better running backs than he had, but he was giving up Dez. He improves his depth. Now he's got Antonio and Dez and those two running backs. So, um, you know, he was just trying to make a push for the playoffs as well. So sometimes they make sense, you know, to most people anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, so I talk about that all the time. And too, people ask me on Twitter, like, should I start two of these three? And one of the third running backs or wide receivers is like an RB2 or a wide receiver two. And I'm like, what do you, you just trade them? Well, you can't be sitting that many people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's definitely, um, like you said, you wish you could do that, but very few people want to trade. I mean, I think the only, I think you're the only one in any of the expert leagues I've been in even was talking about trade early on in the year. So, um, you're right. Most people just, uh, you know, they don't want to give up somebody who's bad because they think they're going to be good and they don't want to get somebody too good because, you know, they're too good. And, and so they're stuck, you know, and, and you can't sell them a, well, this guy has potential. That never works. <laughs> Unless they have a love fest like you do for like Todd Gurley or I do for like Jarvis Landry or something like that, but, or Danny Woodhead. <laughs> yeah, true, true. So are you feeling good about this week? You think you have a shot to take it down or are you too worried uh, about your You know, like back? I said, I mean, uh, you know, I like my matchups. I mean, Peyton at home always does much better. Um you know, DeMarco Murray has, has been pretty solid this year. He's playing against Miami again at home. Uh, you know, I've got uh, against the Giants. Uh, Funches, again, the reason I picked him up is he looked strong last week. I think he's getting uh, getting a little bit more in tune with uh, Cam Newton. They're playing the Titans, so I kind of like that matchup. Uh, Jarvis Landry going against Philadelphia. Demarius Thomas again with Kansas City. Barney to Pittsburgh. Um, the Patriots defense, they usually do pretty solid. Um, I thought about trying to find somebody else, but there really wasn't anything on the waiver wire. They're playing at the giants. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Eli has his moment sometimes where he makes bad decisions. I'm hoping that's going to be a lot this week. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Speaking of which, what is his consistency on the season so far? That's well, thank you for bringing that up. So, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I'm generally, I'm generally curious that. as a Giants fan. <laughs> as I mentioned, um, at quarterback this year, uh, Tom Brady, Carson Palmer, both perfectly consistent through their first eight games. Andy Dalton is seven out of eight. So, um, you know, it's amazing that there's, you know, top three and there's no, like, there's no Aaron Rodgers, there's no Drew Brees, there's no, um, now, Andrew Luck is at six out of seven, but now he's out for a month, so that, you know, injuries have killed him. Um, surprisingly, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, and Blake Bortles are all tied at 75%. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know about you, but quarterbacks this year have just been really weird. Um, you know, we've got guys up there like Blake Bortles, um, you know, doing well, uh, Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer, uh, those kind of guys. And yet guys like Matt Ryan, uh, Flacco's never been real consistent. Um, You know, Eli Manning, Ryan Tannenhill, uh, Russell Wilson, Stafford, Manning, all of those guys are so inconsistent this year. I don't know what to make of it. Do you? (laughs) I just think it's more proof in the whole fact of you don't draft quarterbacks early. (laughs) You know, the sad thing is, I don't know if you remember, but I was saying that if I'm around pick. 20 to 25 basically if I was picking at the end of round two early round three that I wouldn't have a problem if you went with Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers and I I, you look at what they've done especially you talk about last year you talk about the consistency with them and I know I Mm -hmm. talked about them from a DFS angle in some articles for Daily Roto and I was talking about there was only three games where Andrew Luck didn't have 20 plus points on DraftKings 
And Aaron right. Rodgers, I think, only had two. So right. that was the whole point behind it. And this year, is it's turned around, and it's been like, if you drafted them that early, you're hurting. It, it's one right. of those years where it's like, wow, if there was ever an argument for not drafting quarterbacks, this is it. And I will say, I had a lot of faith in Blake Bortles. I did not expect him to be a QB1. Uh, the one I'm really surprised about is Derek Carr, honestly, though. I was expecting more growth from him, but I was expecting him to really turn things on next year. I, I was, I know Amari Cooper helps, and Michael Crabtree was definitely – I thought he was underrated because now he's healthy, but I right. really, I was not expecting this from Derek Carr this, this early. Well, but this has only been three weeks in a row, and I think a lot of people are have been so enamored with him over the last three weeks that they don't realize that he was too – uh, he was two for seven or two for six in consistency to that point. Yeah, so, it's, you know these it's last recency three games, bias. huh? That's to say, it's recency bias. You're right. Right, right. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, I mean, certainly, and he's done it in games a lot of people didn't expect. Like he's done well against good defenses on the road. Um, you know, he's looked very solid. He could end up putting up you know, six, six straight more quality games and, you know, and, and obviously be, uh, you know, a uh, shining light for next year. Um, but I also think there'll be some growing pains, but he's definitely got the weapons. Crabtree is almost a, a completely different wide receiver. Amari Cooper is exactly as advertised. He's a stud. Um, everybody said it, you know, it's not often that that happens, but there's no question this kid's a stud. But like I said, I think I'm just more amazed by, not as much those guys coming up because you, you expect growth, but seeing guys like Matt Ryan, I mean, Eli Manning is seventh in total points and is five for nine in quality games, you know, and, and Matt Ryan is 10th in total points. He's only at 67%. Russell Wilson is 16th in total points. Um, you know, it, it's those kind of things. I'm sitting there and scratching my head. Matthew Stafford's 18th, but he's three of eight with Peyton Manning at three and eight in quality games. And I'm just, just dumbfounded. I mean, it's like they they can't throw touchdowns. Peyton Manning just you know they he drives them down the field. He throws for three hundred yards and then they rush the ball in three times for touchdowns. And you're like, oh damn it, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the biggest thing. We're, uh, yeah, Cam Newton has just been the only reason he's had any hope is because of the rushing touchdowns, which that's kind of a different angle. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean he's fourth in total points, seventy five percent, six you know six out of eight. Uh, Drew Brees has been surprising, you know, really has come on. Um, uh, he actually had some quality games early on, just not big, big games. And then, of course, he had the seven touchdown. Last week he was second in total points. So, you know, he's really come on. Uh, can he ups- hold that the rest of the year? It'll be, you know, probably because their defense is horrible. Um, but, yeah, it's <laughs> just been an interesting thing there. Um, and then it's no different at, at running back. I think I read somewhere, somebody did an article where they went down the, the top 12, um, ex, you know, ADP running backs. And it was only like two that had been doing anything worthy. And one was Forte, who's now hurt. And, uh, the other one was, oh, yeah, and the other one was Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson, but Jamal Charles is hurt and Peterson is fifth in total points, but that's it. I mean, all the rest of these guys have been, you know, either getting hurt, you know, suspended. You know, Le'Veon Bell came back, was coming back strong. He went down. Um, heck, right now, Frank Gore is 10th in total points and has a 78% quality success rate. <laughs> and I don't think anybody expected too much of that. So, 
it's just no, been a weird year so far. And I, I think that kind of points to the whole point of, you know, draft and running back depth. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the whole zero RB thing because, right. you know, if you just look at this year is I, I got lucky, but I, I went hard, I went all in on Charkandrick West. I put $71 in all three flex leagues. I got him in all three flex leagues, but I basically blew my budget. I haven't been able to pick right. up any of the other big names. The rest of the way, I was 100% out on D'Angelo Williams where he was dropped. Jeremy Langford wasn't even on my radar. So the point with that and what I'm saying is if you go zero RB, it's fine if you're the only one doing it. But when you have two or three teams that either waited on running backs or are trying to do the same thing, and now everybody's on the waiver wire chasing West, chasing D'Angelo Williams, chasing all these same guys, right. you have to bust your entire budget, and hopefully you get a West and you don't end up with, you know, maybe, uh, I can't think, who was the one earlier this year? Oh, Booby Dixon. Like, you know, oh, yeah. somebody <laughs> like a half of a game and just stinks. So right. I think that this just points more to is I want my one stud running back. You know, you're going to, you're going to run into luck every year. There's nothing you can do about Le'Veon Bell, you know, Jamal right, Charles. Right. Those you can't, you can't never stop injuries, but. No, right. it happens every year. And I know running backs are the most devastating, the most often that it happens. But at the same time, is you know, there's one league where I just lost Deion Lewis and yeah. you know, I still have Frank Gore on my bench because I drafted Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore, and who's my other running back? I can't even think of who my other running back is. But Deion Lewis was a waiver pickup, and he was my fourth running back, and I built the depth to be able to overcome it. Right. Well, and then you have guys who – started off horribly and now has jumped and, and, and the guy I'm talking about is um, um, Lamar Miller. I mean, he was like, Oh, for four, Oh, for five in, I think he was Oh, for four in quality games. So he was doing nothing. The whole team was doing nothing. And now in the last four games, now he's up to 50% because he's went four for four in quality games. And he's now ranked fourth in total points. Think about that fourth in total points and he's really only had four good games um so he's came out of nowhere and and is starting to perform at the level that some of us thought i mean i was i drafted lamar miller a lot of leagues so a lot of those leagues started off i really poorly for me um but now he's coming back and you know maybe he'll get me into the playoffs with those teams but you know somebody like that just one change to a head coach and all of a sudden you know they're just letting him break loose so um, but you know, it's just been, an, you know, every position has been interesting, you know, Antonio Brown, who was Mr. Perfection for two straight years, uh, started off on fire. Then, you know, big Ben goes down and all of a sudden nobody wants to throw to him for two or three games. Um, you know, Julio Jones has been up and down. Um, you know, then you got guys like Larry Fitzgerald, Brandon Marshall, uh, uh you know, who kind of, we didn't expect to do much right up there doing really well. Uh, it's, it's you know, Eric Decker is a perfect seven for seven in quality games. Not Allen Robinson. Allen Hearns is eight for eight in quality games for the Jaguars. Uh, Allen Robinson is not far behind. He's seven out of eight. So, you know, right there we are with the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers are 15 out of 16 in quality games. Who would Who would have guessed that? I mean, you may have said Robinson was going to do well but nobody had Alan Hearns being up there at 13th in total points. So just been weird so far. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, it, it's definitely made us experts really, 
really work a lot harder than I used to. I used to be like, oh, I got my teams. They're all solid. I'm all in. We're all good. You know, just I'll just follow them, and I'll just keep winning from here. But I've done a lot more waiver wires, a lot more pickups this year, and shuffling lineups than I've ever done in the past. And, you know, um, it's it's been it's been an interesting one. Yeah, and I think that that's why I like the league, too, is because the flexing, especially when you talk about 14 teams, is, you know, for the people that might just dig at the top stats or, you know, just kind of sit back and say, oh, you know, I know these names, but, you know, not, most people don't need to know about them. This kind of gives you, like, a little bit of extra insight into these bigger leagues where it's like, okay, you know, some of my readers really do care about going and grabbing Richard Matthews early in the season to see if he can turn around and be a wide receiver three. And, you know, that's, that's how you find those guys. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, each week when I do my articles, I'm always kind of pointing out guys who have earned back-to-back quality games, even if they weren't real high-scoring, because those are the guys you miss out on. The one-week wonders everybody jumps on. Um, You know, when when one guy has a huge week, everybody, the waiver wire just lights on fire. But it's the guys that get the maybe 10 to 12 points uh, in a PPR scoring at wide receiver running back that people don't really get too excited about but they do that two, three games in a row, all of a sudden you've got some consistency there in your flex or your wide receiver three spot. Those are the kind of guys that I'm promoting to folks say, hey, you might want to grab this guy because before he really does have a big week, um, get him now before uh, it's too late. And, you know, Gary Barnage was one of those. Um, and, again, speaking of weird years, who would have thought that the number two tight end in total points right now would be a guy that, wasn't even on anybody's draft list at the beginning of the season, no matter how no, deep he was. He wasn't even sniffing the list, and he's not. What is he like? Two or three points per game behind Rob Gronkowski. He's not that. Yeah. He's not that far yeah. behind him. No, no, yeah, he's uh, 17 points behind in eight games. Yeah, so two points per game behind him. And yeah, <laughs> this is not. You know, this isn't Tyler Eifert. This isn't Travis Kelsey. This isn't well-known names. This is a guy that you know, was named after, uh, you know, um, <laughs> the Barnacle Bill or whatever his name was from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. I was a little stretched. <laughs> <laughs> I was <a> stretched. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you got to go at 738, but, uh, you know, thank you again, Jay, for coming on. Uh, best of luck uh, every week except this week. Um and uh, we'll we'll talk again soon. Uh, Won't you tell everybody again where to find you at, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll have you on, get on soon, or maybe I'll be able to get on serious with you guys sometimes. Yeah, maybe we we'll get like a couple people on the same thing. You get freaking Florio and his eight and one record on here, but uh, yeah, follow me at All In Kid, and then of course the piece at Roto Experts, uh, Fancy Sports Network, Roto Grid or Sports Grid. I, I say I, I cross over the sites. There's so many of them. You do. <laughs> You're everywhere. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jake, again, for coming on. Once again, everybody, uh, Jake Seeley from Roto Experts and the Fancy League of Experts. Uh, Jake, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, anytime. Uh, Good luck somewhat this week. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. All right, Jake Seeley of Roto Experts, Fancy League of Experts. Jake and I will be duking it out this week uh, to see who holds on to uh, whether we can both hold on to, uh, we might get lucky enough that if he wins and I lose, we'll be uh, both six and four, and we'll continue to hold on to the fifth and sixth spots uh, in the playoffs. Um, but uh, either way, 
Um, both of us have uh, quite a, quite a good chance of uh, both making the playoffs this year, and uh, I think we uh, we, um, we 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 should be able to do that. Um, I think we both have very solid teams, and Jake's been doing a great job of working his team. Picked up Andy Dalton, who's been a great uh, add to him, and uh, so uh, I expect him to be right there in the thick of things, even whether whoever wins or loses this week. So, hey, uh, as we wrap up our last twenty minutes here. Uh, just kind of want to go over. You heard a little bit about the consistency and uh, where players are at. I think I pretty much went over the uh, quarterback situation pretty well there. So I'm going to pass on that. Um, once again, you can see all of my articles uh, tonight. They are now live uh, on FantasySportsWarehouse.com. The uh, Fantasy Football Consistency Review is out there. Uh, for the quarterbacks, running backs, uh, wide receivers, and tight ends. And again, that's at Fantasy Sports Warehouse. Uh, right there on the main page, you can see all four articles and uh, see all of this information that I'm going to go over. So if you need to refer back to it. Uh, some other things that are on there, for those of you who don't know, um, there is a consistency report tool. You can go in there, click on it, input your own scoring method, and figure out who the most consistent players are in your league. Uh, so right now it defaults to non-PPR and four points for passing touchdown for quarterbacks, but you can go in there and change it to PPR, six points for passing. Uh, you can change whatever you want to change uh, information-wise, and it'll recalculate to tell you who the most consistent players are in your league. Uh, so again, let's take a look at the wide or the running backs. So uh, just kind of look at year to date since we only have 20 minutes here. Uh, Devontae Freeman right there at the top of the list, first in total points. 228.1 uh, second place is 157 so still a big gap between the two um, um, both him and Mark Ingram who's second in total points are eight out of nine in quality games in a PPR format 89% each uh, at 86% is Matt Forte who of course is out for at least a week or two uh, maybe more I know they're still kind of uh, looking at him trying to figure out uh, where he's going to be uh, here in the next couple of weeks uh, at five out of six in quality games, or 83%, is LaShawn McCoy and Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley now 12th in total points. So uh, as uh, Jake Seeley said, uh, our boy Jake, um, you know, he's a big, big Gurley fan, and uh, he uh, he's obviously coming on strong right now. Um, LaShawn McCoy, we're still not sure if he's going to play tonight. Uh, I was looking for some online information. Let's see if NFL.com has anything. Um, I don't see anything as of yet, but, uh, we'll certainly keep you informed if we hear anything, but, uh, at this point, um, I'm not sure I would probably, uh, start Carlos Williams if you have him, um, unless you hear something right before game time, 78%, Danny Woodhead, third in total points, Frank Gore, 10th in total points, also, uh, uh, seven out of at 75%, 6 out of 8, Adrian Peterson, Latavius Murray, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, Giovanni's dropped off two weeks in a row, non-quality games, uh, was 6 for 6 at one point. So he's dropping a little bit. Um, Bengals' offense has struggled quite a bit recently, but winning football games at defense. So uh, at 71%, 5 out of 7, Chris Ivory, Deion Lewis, who of course is now out for the year, Marco Murray, and TJ Yeldon. Uh, so there's your top guys. Um, everybody else is kind of below that. I'll kind of highlight some guys who uh, are way down. Eddie Lacy, only 50%. Uh, 
Lamar Miller 50%, but fourth in total points because he's on the way up at 50%. Um, Ryan Matthews, five out of eight. Justin Forsett, five out of eight, 14th in total points. So, so there's your running backs. If you're looking for some guys who maybe have been hot lately, you might want to pick up. Um, right now, most of the guys probably are already on teams. Obviously, D'Angelo Williams, red hot the last two games. Antonio Andrews from Tennessee, uh, two straight quality games for him. So uh, definitely uh, yeah, definitely like him going forward. So there's your running backs. Let's take a look at the wide receivers. Um, as we've got, what, about 15 minutes left? Okay. Uh, at the top of the list, as I mentioned, um, these three guys are all 100%. Actually, there's four. Uh, two guys are 8-8. Eight and eight. That's Alan Hearns and Jarvis Landry. Eric Decker is 7 out of 7 in quality games. And Alshon Jeffries is at 4-for-4 uh, four four since he's come back from uh, his injuries. Uh, so, yeah, he's right up there. Uh, first in total points and 8 out of 9 in quality games is Julio Jones. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, these guys are all at 88%, 7 out of 8. DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Julian Edelman, um, Keenan Allen, who now, of course, is out for a month, uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, Allen Robinson, and Calvin Johnson. Um, Stefan Diggs, who has come in the last five games and is 4 out of 5 in quality games, has really good. Um, probably already picked up in most leagues, but he's at 80%. Uh, seven out of nine, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green. He, these team, uh, these guys are all at 75% uh, so far this year. Six out of eight in quality games. A.J. Green, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Richard Matthews of the Dolphins, and Pierre Garçon. So, again, kind of talking about Jake Seeley's team. His third wide receiver is 75% consistent. You know why he's uh, he's going to be very competitive uh, this week. Um down below that, as we start getting into the 67% range, Antonio Brown, of course, for his few games that he's missed, Odell Beckham, uh, Brandon Cooks, Travis Benjamin, and Dante Moncrief. Um, after that, um, excuse me, start getting into the 60% range and below. Um, again, some, some uh, you know, good names down there, uh, Michael Crabtree, Mari Cooper, Twelfth uh, and fourteenth in total points, both at sixty-three percent. It's not bad. Uh, it basically any wide receiver over about sixty percent is solid. Um, you know, because by the end of the year, you know that's about ten out of sixteen, eleven out of sixteen. So it's still not uh, still not bad. Um, anytime you're getting uh, double-digit quality games, you're in pretty good shape. Um, but you know that again, some bad ones. Randall Cobb's only at fifty percent. Uh, Golden Tate only at 50%. Mike Evans is at 50%. Uh, Anquan Bolden, 43%. Vincent Jackson at 40%. Um, and so um, and so on. So there's some of your uh, lesser guys for that. So let's take a look at the uh, tight ends. Uh, Year-to-date, top players, of course. Number one total points. Number one in consistency at eight out of eight is, of course, our man, uh, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Jordan Reed is at six out of six, ninth in quality or ninth in uh, total points, uh, six for six in quality games. Antonio Gates, four out of four in quality games. So there's your top three, 100% guys. Um, at 88%, at seven out of eight is Travis Kelsey and Jason Witten. Um, <clears throat> Ladarius Green is at uh, 86%, 6 out of 7. At 75%, Tyler Eifert, Greg Olson, and Delaney Walker. 
Uh, Delaney Walker, of course, led the league in tight ends this week in scoring, so uh, he's getting right back up there at seventh in total points. At 67%, we have Gary Barnage, Ben Watson, and Eric Ebron. And at 67% is, uh, I'm sorry, at 63% is Charles Clay and Martellus Bennett. Some guys down below that that you expect have been higher. Jimmy Graham, 50%. Um, Zach Ertz, 50%. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, 50%. Um, Owen Daniels down in the 38% range. Um, and Julius Thomas, only uh, one for four. I know he's had uh, his problems, but uh, not really starting off because guess what? Blake Bortles is throwing to Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns all the time. So, so there's your top guys um, for the week. Um, I think we'll just cut it off here. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks again to Jake Seeley for being part of the show. And uh, thank him again for allowing me to be part of the Fantasy League of Experts. Looking forward to playing him this week. And uh, best of luck to him and to everybody this week in your fantasy leagues. And uh, uh, again, you can follow me at on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Uh, you can also find me at ffconsistency.com and at fantasysportswarehouse.com. Um, you can email me questions at either one, bob at fantasysportswarehouse or at bob at ffconsistency. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at uh, Fantasy Football Consistency on Facebook. And that should, I think, give about everywhere you can find me. Of course, I'm here every Thursday night, 7 o'clock. You can come in and uh, call in. Uh, type in whatever you want to do. So thanks again to everybody uh, for listening tonight. And uh, thanks again for Jake Silly for coming on. We'll see everybody again next week and have a great week number 10. Good night.